Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. The word of the day here on Canty and Carlin on ESPN radio is analogous. <laughs> It's just a fancy word for comparable, as we've learned today on ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio was presented by Progressive Insurance. Andre Snellings and Michelle Smallman were coming down the stretch to the final hour of the show. You know what time it is if you've been listening. If you haven't, Andre drank a very large coffee today. My man is not usually a caffeine drinker. So every hour on the hour, we've been doing a wellness check, a caffeine check to see where he's at. Andre, how are we feeling? So, you know, I think I'm coming down a little bit uh-oh. from the high. Oh, oh We're crashing. We're crashing. I, I haven't crashed yet. I haven't crashed yet. But I'm, I'm not sweating anymore. I'm, I'm not fidgety anymore. I ran out of coffee about, I don't know, a half hour ago. So um, I, I think that the crash hasn't gotten here, but it's coming. People don't know. We've been going through it on Candy and Carlin today. <laughs> we've been sweating. We've we've just been on an emotional and an energetic roller coaster. So it's been a lot of fun. But uh, you know what's not fun is what's coming out of Washington right now, out mm. of the commander's training camp. So Ron Rivera, their head coach, had some comments about the new offensive coordinator, Eric Bieniemy and his intensity in practice. Of course, Eric Bieniemy coming from the Kansas City Chiefs, where he's won championships, where he was the architect and the uh, he was the pioneer of the offense there that was so successful under Patrick Mahomes. And he's trying to do that and implement that in Washington, an offense and an organization that has not had remotely the amount of success. This offense hasn't ranked above 20th in points or yards per game since 2017. Eric bien trying to infuse some sense of urgency, discipline, and uh, excitement into this offense, and some of the players not taking well to it. Here is Commander's head coach, Ron Rivera. A lot of these young guys, you know, they do struggle with certain certain things. Um, and a lot of you also got to take for where they've been. I mean, guys coming from certain programs are used to it. Guys come from other programs aren't as much. So, you, you know, us as a coach, you know, I, I kind of have to assimilate and get a feel for everybody. You know, Eric has an approach, and it's the way he does things, and he's not going to change and, and, and because he believes in it. Jack has his approach. You know, um, having been a head coach, I think Jack has a tendency to try and figure guys out a little bit more. As opposed to, hey, this is it. This is the way it's going to be. That type of stuff. Where Eric, Eric hasn't had that 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 uh, that experience yet. Just that when they came to you, it was just they felt like Eric was riding them too hard, or. Well, um, they they just were a little concerned. Okay, Andre, a lot to unpack here. So I'm going to put three things on the board, and you choose your own adventure where you want to go with this. Okay. All right. Uh, topic number one, tentacle number one, if you will. Ron <laughs> Rivera making this public that the players came to him and were concerned about Eric Bieniemy's intensity. Number two, Eric Bieniemy's intensity itself. He's he's yelling finish on each carry for running backs. He's very demonstrative. He's very um, animated and certainly hammering home things at practice. And number three, the players having an issue with this. Where would you like to go here? I think I will choose door number one. Okay. Um, let, let, let's talk about uh, Rivera making this public in the first place because to me – 
that's where the news lies in, in this whole situation. You know, that, that Biennemi is a old school coach dealing with new school players, that he's a taskmaster coming to a team that had a culture of not success of the last few years. Those are things that I feel like we knew coming in and were things that could have been handled uh among the Washington commanders without us being part of the conversation. So it's the fact that Rivera chose to make us part of the conversation and to do it in a way, because some of the people we've talked to have said, well, maybe he was trying to get a message to the players Mm -hmm. or, but he did it in a way that he specifically pointed out the enemy as being the one who was hard nosed and that he, he did it in a way that was kind of critical because he says, be, uh, paraphrase that the enemy doesn't understand what it's like to be a coach that has to adjust the way that that you know the other coaches on the coaching staff have. I feel like that is the part that I don't see how it could be taken as anything other than a negative towards the towards the enemy. And the question is just was it on purpose or on accident? Yeah, I'm with you. I'm kind of surprised that Ron Rivera would make these comments public. I know the media is there. They can hear Eric Bieniemy's tone. They can hear him yelling. They can hear the way that he's addressing players. And you know how it is in sports. Mm-hmm. If you're if you are there and boots are on the ground, you catch wind of things. So I'm sure reporters were hearing things from players that they might not have been responding well to this type of messaging or coaching. So the question is going to present itself. But Riverboat Ron's been around a long time. Long he knows time. that if he makes these comments that we're going to be talking about it and that then it's a headline and it's a discussion point on shows just like this one. And maybe he is trying to get a message to those younger players. But in listening to that sound, it didn't seem as if he was frustrated with the players Mm -mm. for coming to him. He was very matter of fact about how he described all of this. But I guess that's my biggest question, Andre, from all of this. Eric Biennemi has had a lot of success. This organization, these players, they are hoping and dreaming of getting to where Eric Bieniemy has already been. Mm-hmm. If he can have the likes of Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey falling into line with what he's preaching and the way he's going about things, why in Washington would I be averse to that? Why would I not get on board with the tone, the energy, and what he's trying to do there? I, I would be like, hey, if this is what worked for Patrick Mahomes, you better believe I'm going to fall in line with you. And see, and that's exactly the point as I see it, because if he were really being critical of the players or or pointing out that the players um, were either because of generation a bit softer than they need to be or because of culture, just not used to doing the things necessary to win, he would have said that. He would have said, you know, um, EB has come in and he's bringing these changes and our players have to get on board with it. But that wasn't the tone he used. The the angle that that he used, the inflection he used was more that, well, EB just doesn't know yet how to deal with players because he's never been a head coach. And, you know, the players are concerned and it's something that EB is going to get better with. Like he definitely put the onus, in my opinion, on the enemy to do better in this situation and not the players. Well, let's hear from Commander's Offensive Coordinator Eric Bieniemy about his style of coaching. Eric Bieniemy is who he is. Okay, Eric Bieniemy knows how to adapt and adjust. Eric Bieniemy is a tough, hard-nosed coach, but also understand I'm going to be the biggest and harshest critic, but I'm also their number one fan because I got their back. My job is to make sure that we're doing it the right way. 
There's a way to do it. Do they understand that? Yes, because they're seeing the results. We're making a lot of strides. I'm proud of these guys. It's been some, excuse my language, some good to watch. And Andre, one of Eric Bannamy's former players and Tyreek Hill took to Twitter to defend him and echo what he said about himself having players backs he said man there is no other coach that has your back like eb take that coaching and get better we've all been through it's tough but i promise you it will make you better so to have somebody like tyree kill who's been there with eric Bieniemy, echo what he was saying about them having their back i think it says more about the commander's players than it does eric Bieniemy. and tyree kill is not one to mince words he would be the first to come out and say yeah i didn't like it either it's part of the reason i wanted out or whatever i he would be the first to say it if it was a problem. Yeah, I agree. And and it, it speaks to, again, the issue of how Biennemi coaches and communicates with players and his style. Those types of things were a discussion maybe for the commander's front office and, and coaching staff to have uh, behind closed doors. But the fact that it became – kind of a public debate on, well, you know, the, the fact that Tyreek Hill, who's not in any way affiliated with BNME or his organization now, he felt the need to come out and defend BNME from a distance. It, it makes you wonder why isn't his head coach doing it? You know, when, yeah. when, when Sean Payton called out the assistant coach on another team, the whole organization had the assistant coaches back publicly. So why would you call out your own assistant coach and have others have to have his back? Like, that doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, Robert Sala was the first one to say, if you you ain't got haters, you ain't popping. He was you know? the first one to defend Nathaniel Hackett. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers, keep my, got my coach's name out your mouth. You That's know? right. And, by the way, they were defending a guy who left a mess in Denver. Mm-hmm. And here's Eric Bieniemy, who's coming from nothing but success. Hist- like, in so many facets, historic success mm-hmm. in Kansas City. He should not be having to defend himself or what he's put together. So, yeah, I'm with you. I'm just kind of surprised Ron Rivera would put it out there in that manner. But should he have kept those comments in-house? Here's our ESPN NFL analyst, Lewis Riddick. Those conversations should be had all the time in-house, but they shouldn't be had with us. Because you know what it does now? Now I'm on the radio talking to you about it. (laughs) And who knows who's listening, right? Who knows if this owner or that owner is listening going, oh, what? Who does he say? Eric Bietemi, what? Players are complaining about how hard he could. You know what? That's exactly what I thought. You know what? That's why. You know what? I don't want that guy in my head. You know what? And see, that's... That's the kind of BS that just you just don't want and you don't need. He had no obligation to either say something or not say something, but the fact that he did say something, it for sure isn't going to help the situation overall as it relates to the opinions that people have of Eric Bieniemy. That's for sure. Andre, this is what you've been saying all along about um, Ron Rivera making these comments public. Yeah, I mean, there there was no need for it. There was no call for it. If, as you're pointing out, the uh, reporters could hear Biennemi yelling and they asked Rivera about it, he's a professional. He's been a coach for a long time. He's heard, even outside of his own experience, he's heard Bill Belichick answer 20 questions with 15 words. So he should know how to either diffuse or deflect if it's a sensitive spot. And if, on the other hand, it's a case of Biennemi actually coming in and doing what he's supposed to be doing, then he definitely could have been more supportive if he felt like he had to bring it up at all. 
Another comment Eric Bannemi made that I think we need to highlight here is that it's not personal. He said that they've got to understand we're in a grown man's business. My job is to make sure I do the best job of over-communicating clearly. When I'm getting on them, it's not personal. What's personal is I want to win. I expect that particular player to be great at all times. I expect that effort to be a standard that is accepted by all of us. If they don't reach it, my job is to address it. And isn't that the truth? As a coach, if you want your players to to be a champion, they have to practice like a champion. They have to prepare like a champion. We see it all. I mean, how many times have we talked about Tom Brady and everything that he did in order to maintain himself, his body, his preparation? And clearly they have not had this type of success in Washington. So when Eric Bieniemy is saying what's personal is I want us to win, maybe those players should take that into account. Definitely. This isn't college football. And, the, you know, Riddick in his uh, interview earlier, he, he talked a lot about college football and how things are different with the transfer portal and, and how, how you have to communicate differently with younger people. And, you know, that's a conversation to be had. But this is professional football. Bienemy came into an environment that did not have a culture of winning, and he's trying to instill that culture of winning. And he came into a situation without a, a strong quarterback situation, so he has to maybe provide more leadership as the OC than you might have to if you had a strong quarterback there. So I feel like there are definite reasons why Bienemy might do what he does and why he should be allowed to do what he does. Mm -hmm. But more than anything else, I would hope that his head coach would be on the same page with him instead of putting him in a situation where you heard the enemy earlier. He was sending hip hop subtext answers <laughs> to Rob, Ron Rivera in interviews. And, and, and that's not how, where we should be in the first week. Of, I mean, in, uh, before the first preseason game. So the, tough manner in which he coaches his players might not be personal to him. Winning is personal to him. You know what else is personal? Getting a head coaching job. Mm -hmm. And he has had, what, 15 interviews now? And despite all of the success that he's had with the Kansas City Chiefs and with that offense, he has been unable to land a head coaching job. He is going to Washington to prove that he can do it without Andy Reid. He can do he can do it without Patrick Mahomes. And if he needs to coach a certain way to get these players up to speed and to have them meet his standard, he's going to do it anyway. But particularly, particularly because he is proving himself yet again. He shouldn't have to prove himself yet again based on the resume and everything we've seen from him. But clearly he is making a statement here, and they need to recognize that as well. Yeah, and what you just said, Ron Rivera understands every element of that situation. He knows more than us that Bienemy has been trying for years to get the head coaching position that he probably should have gotten several years ago. And so to know that that's the case, we talked earlier about what Mike Vrabel was willing to do for his assistant coaches to put them in a better position to be mm-hmm. prepared to be a head coach one day. It, maybe you can make the argument that, you know, it's not, it's not in the best interest of Rivera and, 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 and Washington commanders to prepare Bienemy to be a head coach for someone else down the line. But you would hope that in the fraternity of coaching that one coach would understand the situation and do everything he can to help those that are working with him. And that doesn't seem to be what's happening right now in Washington. So we were su- surprised a bit at the response to Eric Bienemy's coaching approach in Washington. What about Lewis Reddick? Here's, here's our ESPN NFL analyst again players aren't going to respond favorably to that all the time you are going to have to be mindful of not your message 
but how the message is conveyed. Because his messages and, and what they really stand for, they come from a championship lineage, so to speak, during his time down there in Kansas City. He's been around the very best there is. He's won championships. He's been a part of championship caliber staff. He, he gets it. So sometimes maybe you do need to tailor the way in which you deliver it so people hear the message instead of just hearing your voice. So there's a fine line here, Andre. So there's one side of the line that says he is the one with the success and you need to fall in line to not only the message, but the manner in which he's delivering it. And then the other side of the line is, well, maybe it's a different generation of player. You hear this a lot of times now in today's world that the best managers tailor their approach based on the person, that you can't just have one holistic style of coaching or teaching or mentoring these days, that you need to work on an individual basis. So there's truth in both sides, but what do you think this situation falls on? Yeah, so... I mean, that makes me think of a a line from an old rap song, and I'll paraphrase it, but Lauryn Hill said something to the effect of she adds curse words into her songs so that her fans can hear her, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And and I can definitely understand when coaching or teaching or doing anything where you're conveying information to an audience, you do have to take into account how that audience will receive it. So I understand all of that, And, and all along, you know, I've been, been been kind of consistent with if it's a case where Rivera felt like the enemy needed to make those types of adjustments. I feel like he should have talked to him about it and not had a press conference about it because yeah. there there is room for him to grow if he's trying to become a head coach. But making it a, a public debate does not seem to be the best way to do it. He's Andre Snellings. I'm Michelle Smallman. It's Canteen Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. And coming up next, where does Justin Herbert rank in the AFC quarterback hierarchy? Is he already a top five guy? He's paid like a top five guy. (laughs) But is he there yet? We'll discuss it next. Keep it here on ESPN Radio. This is the Canteen Carlin Podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 
This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Alongside Andre Snellings, I'm Michelle Smallman, Canteen Carlin on ESPN Radio, and it is time for Good Bet, Bad Bet. Today, our bets are surrounding the two teams we took a look at during our ESPN Radio NFL Two-A-Days. The Los Angeles Chargers and the Detroit Lions. Let's bring in Mark Morales, who is our host of Good Bet, Bad Bet. Mark, take it away. All right, here we go, guys. So the Los Angeles Chargers, like you said, our NFL two-a-days teams. Over under nine and a half wins for the Chargers. Andre? I'm going over nine and a half wins. You know, I, I actually like this Chargers team a lot. Like, they've they've been on the a team on the verge for, like, the last few years, and they've mm-hmm. had injuries and disappointments to keep them on the outside looking in. But I really think that they made moves. They shored up the depth in their receiving core. They brought in a new uh, offensive coordinator in Kellen Moore. And so I, I look for their offense to be potent this year. And even with de- defensive question marks, I, I think they're uh, going to be good enough to get the double-digit wins. I'm with you. They went 10-7 and seven last year, and I think they're going to be better this year. They have learned from hopefully their coaching mistakes in the playoffs. <laughs> Justin Herbert got paid like a top-five guy. I expect to see him play like a top-five quarterback this year, especially under new offensive coordinator Kellen Moore. So I, I would happily take the over on nine-and-a-half wins for the Chargers. All right, all these odds courtesy of Caesar Sportsbook. Over under 30-and-a-half touchdowns for Justin Herbert. Andre, 30-and-a-half. Over. Um... You know, Herbert's actually averaged 34 and a half touchdowns in each of the last two years. He's gone over 30 and a half in both of those seasons um, before he, he, he well, I'm sorry, his first two seasons. He fell back last year, but that was with all of the injuries. And again, I look for their passing game to really take a step forward this season. I think he gets back to his norm and goes well over 30 and a half. I'm with you, Andre. So far, we're in lockstep with one another, my friend. I I think it's over 30 and a half for Justin Herbert, not only because we've seen him do it the previous two years, but because Kellen Moore and this new offensive scheme is going to really want to utilize that big arm that Justin Herbert has. I expect a more explosive offense. I think he'll easily reach that mark and go over. All right. From quarterback to wide receiver, over under 875 and... (laughs) Let me try that again. 875 and a half receiving yards for Keenan Allen. Over or under? Andre? Again, I'm going over. You might as well have rephrased this question. Will Keenan Allen be healthy enough to play double-digit games? Because if he's healthy, then – so let's put it in perspective. From 2017 to 2021 – Keenan Allen played at least 13 games every year, and he averaged about 1,200 yards a year. He was never under 992. So for him to be anywhere near 875 and a half would mean he'd have to miss a lot of games. I'm going to say that he'll be healthy enough to get there, so I'm going to go over. So we're loving the Chargers today because (laughs) we are – I'm also picking the over, but again, if we expect Justin Herbert to take that next step and we expect this offense to open up in that way, why wouldn't Keenan Allen be the recipient of that? He's done it in the past. I fully expect him to go over that mark this year. That man just got a quarter of a billion dollars. He better take a step forward. (laughs) (laughs) He better. He's getting paid too. 
All right, we're going to head over to the Detroit Lions, the other team of our NFL ESPN Radio two-a-days, over, under, nine and a half wins. Nine and a half wins. Andre? I'm a little more nervous, but I'm still going to take the over. Uh, they, they finished last season so strong. They won eight of ten. And they have expectations this year, which can be difficult. But there's no juggernaut team in the division. They should be able to beat their division teams. And one of their non-division uh, uh, schedule is against the NFC South. And they could really go 4-0 in those games. So I like them to go over 9.5, but maybe just barely. I need to pivot here because I'm with you on all of these so far, Andre. They won nine games last year. We're expecting them to be better than they were last year. Why wouldn't I take the over? A lot of question marks in the division. I would be surprised if the Lions didn't uh, go over nine and a half wins. That means that they're regressing from last year, and I don't see that happening. All right, Jared Goff, over under 25 and a half touchdowns. Over under 25 and a half touchdowns. Andre? Again, I'm going over, so... (laughs) Golf had 29 touchdowns last year, and they the improve the receiving core should be better this year. You know they they brought in Jones in in, in the offseason, and they should at some point get Jamison Williams back, who was drafted in the first round to be their their big wideout threat. And then they got Jameer Gibbs, a running back who can catch in the first round this year. So and, and they lost Jamal Williams, who was their touchdown magnet on the ground last season. So. I just put it all together. Unless things go really wrong, golf should be over 25 and a half. This segment is just me agreeing with you. (laughs) But here's the difference, Andre, though, is that Vegas, Caesars, they know what they're doing. There's a reason that they are so successful and that they usually win because they set the lines a certain way. But when I'm looking at these two teams, I, I can't really determine why the line is set at what it's at. You know, Mm -hmm. Jared Goff with 29 touchdowns last year, they're supposed to be better. We think that they are going to potentially win the NFC North. Why would I think he wouldn't go over 25 and a half touchdowns? Yeah, Vegas knows what they're doing, but they also are looking at kind of historic, you know, both of these franchises have not been what they're expected to be this year. So essentially Vegas is saying, do you really believe they'll be better or is it just going to be, you know, more of the same uh, one step forward, two steps back? I think that these teams might be what we expect them to be. I do too. All right. And finally, Amon Ross St. Brown over under 1,000 and a half receiving yards, 1,000 and a half receiving yards, odds courtesy of Caesar Sportsbook. Andre. I'm going six for six. I'm going over. You know, he had 1,161 receiving yards last year. And those that play fantasy football know that the year before last, that last five games, he was electric. He had 560 receiving yards in just the last five games of of, of two seasons ago. So unless there's an injury, I just can't see why you would – he would have to take two or three steps back to be just a 1,000-yard receiver. So I'm with you. Same reasoning going over. We both went six for six, which means we like the Lions and we like the Chargers. But when you look at the six options that Mark just gave us, wins for the Lions, touchdowns for Jared Goff, receiving yards for St. Brown, wins for the Chargers, touchdowns for Herbert, receiving yards for Allen. If you had to pick one to hit the under, where are you going? Ooh, one to hit the under. Um, Probably... It would probably be one of the wins, uh, either the Lions or the Chargers at nine and a half wins, because, you know, in the NFL, you're only an injury away from your entire plans of the season falling apart. And so 
you know, you don't want to wish injury on anybody, but if a crucial, especially, you know, the quarterback or somebody were to get injured, either one of those teams could fall short. So I'll, I'll say that, that that's where I would look to. I'm with you, especially because of the gauntlet that the AFC is in. Yes. So we're we're looking at it based on what they did last year, but they're going to be facing tougher competition this year. So Lions and Chargers, let's continue on the conversation with these two teams that we're looking at on our ESPN Radio NFL Two-A-Days. Which quarterback has more to prove this season? Justin Herbert, who already got paid, or Jared Goff, who's on a Lions team that is supposed to take a big step this year? I would say that that um, Jared Goff probably has more to prove because he's kind of where Jalen Hurts was last season, right? Like he came in and, and he played well last year, but the Lions have the opportunity in next year's draft if he doesn't play well to try to bring someone in to take his job. So I feel like he needs to solidify, um, maybe not to the level that Hurts did, but he needs to solidify himself in this position to make sure that he's going to be the man moving forward because we know Herbert's going to be the man in, in, uh, for the Chargers moving forward. But he's been paid, and now the expectation – when you're leading up to a big contract, you're motivated and mm-hmm. you're locked in and you have a little bit of a chip on your shoulder. And not as if he doesn't now because they had a disastrous out in the playoffs. He now has to prove that he's worth all of that money. But I do sometimes wonder when a, a player gets the big contract, is there a sigh of relief? Is there a little bit of a, okay, I, I did that. I got the money yeah, I certainly want to win. I want to show up as my best self and elevate my teammates every day. But is is there more pressure in your mind because you got the money? Are you breathing a sigh of relief because you got it? So I think it's Justin Herbert. I can see that. I, I think because he's still so, I would hope, hungry outside of the money because he is in the same division with Patrick Mahomes. So he knows he's going to be the little brother until he shows that he can uh, lead the team to some victories against the Chiefs. And they did have that catastrophic loss in the playoffs last season. And he's in the same draft class with Joe Burrow and even Tua, who, you know, everybody has expectations for the Dolphins this year. I would think that Herbert doesn't want to be thought of as less than. So, yes, he should be, breathe a sigh of relief. I can't even imagine a quarter billion dollar sigh of relief. But I would also think he should be motivated to try to put out his best products on the field. I'd be doing that sigh of relief on a yacht, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I'd be breathing good on a yacht. The air is great up there on a yacht. He's Andre Snellings. I'm Michelle Smallman. Thank you to Mark for our good bet, bad bet segment. But coming up next here on Canty and Carlin, Andre is going to have your play of the night. Plus, what's the sneaky best sports city or town in the country? We'll talk about it in three and out. Keep it here on ESPN Radio. This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Alongside Andre Snellings, I'm Michelle Smallman. We're heading down the stretch of Canteen Carlin here on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. And Andre, has your play of the night? Yes, so for the play of the night, I am going with the WNBA, the Las Vegas Aces, and the Dallas Wings to score over 177.5 points. Um, these are the two of the highest scoring teams in the WNBA. The Aces got absolutely mollywopped by the Liberty <laughs> in their last game. And the last two times, they had only lost two games before that. In the two games after their first two losses, they averaged 103 points per game on almost 60% shooting from the field. Meanwhile, the Wings come into this game having allowed 100 points in each of the last two games. And they could be about to become one of only uh, three teams in WNBA history to allow 100 points in three games in a row. So Ooh. I'm looking for a lot of points. All that information came from ESPN stats and, and information. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going over in that game tonight. All right. Well, that is a hot ticket for you. And Hot Ticket is brought to you by Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN. Get great deals on the hottest tickets. Experience it live. Sometimes it's the worst. Sometimes it's the best. Either way, we'll get you straight with everything you need to know. This is Three and Out. Well, our first item of business here on 3 and Out has to do with Kareem Hunt. I'm going to read you two tweets, Andre Snellings. First of all, Adam Schefter tweeted this about two hours ago. He said free agent running back Kareem Hunt had what was called, quote, a great visit with the Saints and is now on his way to Indianapolis to meet with the Colts on Wednesday, per source. Diana Rossini quote tweets that and says, how about this twist? Kareem Hunt was called by Indy before he even stepped foot on the field to work out with the Saints and was offered more money per source. He was advised to leave and head to Indy with the Colts for a visit. Which team do you think needs him more, the Colts or the Saints? I think the Colts need him more because, you know, the Saints are going to be without their starting running back for the first three games of the season because Kamara has been been, um, suspended. But they know they're going to get him back, and they brought in other running back talent this offseason. Whereas with the Colts, we don't know what's going on with Jonathan Taylor. Their Mm -hmm. backup running back, Zach Moss, broke his arm. And there's just not a lot there right now. So if the Colts want to maintain the leverage that that they believe they have in their stalemate with Jonathan Taylor, I think they need to bring in an established back, and and, and this could be what they need. It'll be really interesting to see where he decides to go, especially if the Colts already are offering him more money than the Saints and what this means for the Jonathan Taylor situation. Second thing on 3 and Out, we always love to talk about National Blank Day here on 3 and Out. One time, Shannon, our our outstanding producer, Shannon Penn, one day it was like National Chocolate Coffee Milkshake Day, right? They get so (laughs) hyper-specific. Do you remember that day? It was also one was what, the National Gnarly, Get Gnarly Day? Yeah, National (laughs) Get Gnarly Day. I didn't even know folks used gnarly, but hey, here we are. Since the 80s. 
So, Shannon, what is today? National what day? National Pickleball Day. National okay. Pickleball Day. So let me ask you guys, have either of you ever played pickleball? I have never played, but I've come close because I take my kids to the ten- tennis court and we'll be playing tennis. And there will be people that bring out the little net to play pickleball while we're playing tennis. And so the kids play. They let the kids play one time, but, but they've never let me play and I haven't tried my hand at it yet. So I have also never played, and shame on me because isn't it the fastest growing sport in America? Everyone loves pickleball. Mm -hmm. They're putting up pickleball courts everywhere. I know they have them in Central Park. I'm based here in New York. They're everywhere these days. Um, But I have yet to play, and I really want to. My parents love it. Anybody that has played says it's such a great time. I know it involves the kitchen. You can't step in the kitchen, something like that. So maybe that's my weekend activity, that I need to go out there and play some pickleball. Yeah, I mean, to me, it seems like pickleball is, is, is like tennis and ping pong had a baby. And I really like both tennis and ping pong. So, you know, uh, I, I probably would really love pickleball as well. And our final order of business here on 3 and Out. Earlier today, we were talking again with our producer, Shannon Penn. He had just gotten back from a conference in Birmingham, Alabama. I had told him prior to his visit, Birmingham, sneaky great place. A lot of, you know, you're naming cute towns in America. You might not think of Birmingham right away, and you should. Great restaurants, great downtown. I went there and ran a half marathon. It was a vibe. I loved it. He came back with the scouting report and said it was great. So we were wondering, what is the sneaky best sports city or town in the country? Shannon, Mark, Andre, do any of you have a submission here? Well, so for me, I've actually been kind of panicking on this because I'm like, wow, you know, I need to come up with something good. But really, I think it's where I grew up. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm from Dayton, Ohio. I grew up in the Midwest. Um, you, you know, we've got the Cincinnati pro teams in, in football and, 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 and um, baseball not too far. Cleveland has every major sport. And then on top of that, you've got high, high school football, you know, college football. Like, there's just every type of sport that you want to get into, you could get into and be supported in, uh, in my area of the Midwest. So I'm going to go with Dayton, Ohio. No shock here. I'm also staying in the Midwest. Um, I think when you think of sp- great, passionate sports cities in Wisconsin, you naturally default to Green Bay because <laughs> of the history and of the passion. I'm going Milwaukee. Never had a bad time in Milwaukee. They have everything you need. They have the water. They have the sports, cheese curds, beer, good people. Wisconsin is an awesome place. I love it there. And I think Milwaukee sometimes does not get their name thrown in the sneaky best sports cities in America conversation, and they should. What a day we've had here on Canty and Carlin. We've had caffeine highs, caffeine lows. We've had energy highs, energy lows. But what a fun show, Andre. Vocab Thank words. you so much. Vocab words. We learned a lot. Great show. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Catch you next they- time. Thank you to Mark and Shannon. Keep it here. Joe and Amber is next. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.